It is great to have you on the Family Goals Podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. The wives are here for another podcast, so take a listen as we bring in Lindsay and Jennifer as we discuss grief. Guys, it's tough finding wholesome shows these days for the kids. If you've been listening to the Family Goals podcast for any amount of time, you've heard us say more is caught than taught. And that goes with how we act around our kids and especially the content we're feeding them online. That's why we want to share with you about Minnow. Minnow Kids has tons of shows, movies, and devotionals that touch on a variety of topics to keep our kids engaged while also filling their mind with what matters the most. The five-minute family devotionals are perfect for busy families. They are great ways to be fed spiritually while having a great time with your family. Minnow is an incredible streaming service that filters all the bad so you don't have to. Every Minnow show has been screened by a team of parents, pastors, and educators to ensure that they're age-appropriate, entertaining, and aligned with the faith-based values that we care so much about. All right, so if you're interested in this, head to gominnow.com slash familymade to get your first month free. That's G-O-M-I-N-N-O dot com slash familymade to get an entire month free. Start your free trial today. This Banquet of Blessings thing, we're still, like, we've had to turn away hundreds of people that want to help. And well, and that's, and that's the thing. That's what's next for us, really. Like, it's a good, like, you ask the question, what's next? Like, we got to continue to find things that are awesome in the community that need, like, hands, hands and feet. Like, mm-hmm. that can go be served and find things like that that fit, align with our mission and, th- and and something like that that we can go do. Like, we went to the food bank the other day and did that stuff, and we brought a crew of workhorses, or work horsemen. Horsemen. Horses. Workhorses. I feel like we're making it more personal. Um, but, dude, and I asked them, I was like, what's the record? <laughs> of course you did. Like, what's <laughs> It's a competition. <laughs> I said, what's the record for fastest... Like, so the record for the fastest bagged 500, like, meals. Like, you go down, the like, we had an assembly line. They had an assembly line. It was the sorority girls, they said. It was an hour? Hour and 15 minutes to pack 500 bags was the record. Okay. So we we did 600 in... 27 minutes. 27 minutes. Y'all set the record? Did, oh. by... I mean, I'm thinking they, yelling at people. I'm thinking like, they hurry, were hurry, talking hurry. and not packing bags. Because we were working fast. I mean, he was pouring sweat. I was dripping wet. An hour and fifteen. I'm glad we're recording this, by the way. It people are gonna love this. It would have. It should not have taken that long, dude. We so we had literally the assembly line at the food bank, and everybody. We were two sided on each side, and we had a zipper. Like somebody was just zipping the bag and throwing it, and zipping the bag and throwing. We had That's two the zippers on each side, like, and then we were. I, we found the fastest strategy of like laying out oatmeal packets for the for the folks. Like <laughs> that like was I, you, right? You yes. Were if packets. I could get three, 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 and they they would grab bag, grab bag, grab bag. But if you could keep up, like it was. It's like a game to you. But it was right? awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like that's the thing. We we brought in all those folks with us that they they they've got they enjoy life. They're fun. They got a great heart. Right. Like they want to serve people. That's if we can find next like some more things well, like that. I feel like your thing like the the banquet of blessing. People will commit to a one-time event. But those those are catalysts for like future like a 100%. weekly serving. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to serve every Monday at the food bank. Yep. You know, so I think not everyone that does the banquet of blessing will sign up for that. But if you got 12 regular volunteers out of that, that's successful. Right. So that's super cool. Yeah. One of my thoughts on ministry and, and doing things is if something creates natural momentum, then that's worthy to keep doing. 
But if you're having to generate energy yeah. to get people to do something, it's, like, oh, let's it's not, not do worth this. doing. Like, it's not worth it. Let's. Mm-hmm. But something like this banquet of blessing. I mean, I had people come up to me in the lobby I've never even met before. Like, I finally found my purpose in life. I finally found what God's <laughs> how I can serve. Like, I want to serve amazing. the homeless. Well, you and, know? And, and and so to me, like the, the banquet is is Advil, right? Like it's a it's a temporary fix, but. Like the the genesis now behind the banquet and but what it can evolve into and continue to to be is okay. So if we're meeting all of the senses, right? Like because you're gonna come in and you're gonna feel love. Like you're gonna you're gonna hear the choir, Ebenezer choir playing Christian music, gospel music. Like you're gonna you're gonna be fed some soul music that's gonna knock your socks off. You're gonna get verses on the tables. Like you're gonna see mm. you're gonna see Jesus all through. We're gonna have prayer huddles. Y'all didn't know, but y'all gonna be leading them. Um, some of them, <laughs> I already told Joe the other day. Um, but like, I, I just think that you're going to have a, but here's the thing. Like we, we do something like this. It's going to be awesome. We're going to record it. We're going to document, we're going to show people and then continue to grow it, which we already have our second partner. Liberty's doing it next year. So we'll have two That's on the same awesome. day, one at Liberty. But if you can, what I've learned and y'all probably learned this 75 years ago, like if we can make a mission, a we mission, like with our friends, it becomes a we mission. When we do something, like, they are involved. So, like, this year, with the banquet, it seems like it hit a nerve with people. And it became our mission. Like, my mama. I got a great mama. She don't support everything we do. Okay? She don't just line up. Immediately, Mama P went on and bought a 1,000 toothbrushes. Hmm. Like, because you can get, everybody can get behind blessing people that deserve to be blessed. By the way, mm-hmm. they deserve to be blessed. Mm-hmm. They, they deserve that because... Like, Nicholas, I can look at Nicholas and be like, Nicholas, you're 15. There's a 15-year-old boy. You did nothing to deserve your life. But you know what's cool? It's cool now to go, but what are you going to do about it? That's what's fun. Like, okay, you've been, now you realize I've been giving, I've been given a blessing. Like, my life now isn't that hard. It's not that mm-hmm. tedious. Like, wait a minute. Like, I've been given this. Okay, what the heck are you going to do with it? That's what's awesome. And I think... People rallying behind and seeing that and seeing the um, that, that we all deserve, that we're one bad mistake or two bad mistakes away from being someone mm-hmm. that's in need is really, really, that's, it's cool, man. Like, it is awesome. Like, it's been it's been fun as crap. It's pretty cool, too, to look, look back on and see how God orchestrated all of this. It's been pretty amazing. You're not fired. This never happens. Yeah. A yeah. million percent. Yeah. Yeah, and imagine what, I mean, not only is this impacting people around Athens, but I know your vision is to get these Banquet of Blessings started in cities all over. I mean, I think if we could really grasp like what um, in Genesis, Joseph's life, what man intended for evil, God intended for good. good. And when we really, really grasp it, um, we kind of take things more with a grain of salt. Like this is just part of the bigger plan. I don't understand it. I can't control it, but we don't have to. So, and that's what, it's amazing when we get to be a part of it, that there's something on the other side that's better. And and just like the mission trips y'all have left, right? Like you leave different. Oh yeah. You're the one who's, you're the one who gets to receive the blessing. You're the one who gets to feel some kind of way. But, but I will say, I, I will say this. If you've been blessed, which there's a lot of us listening that have been blessed. It's also our opportunity to be a blessing. Like you have an opportunity to do it. And, and I'm not saying it looks like the banquet of blessings. Like I'm not saying you have to throw these big shindigs, but 
I mean, you can find things in your life and find ways in your life to express that and to show that and to give it away to people. And, um, you know, I, I think I, I'll be interested to see what it leads to for us. Like if more with the food bank, more with, um, you know, like I could see a world too, where we're starting to do take a day, day a week and we make all make sandwiches and, and take them to folks and, um, just continuing to expand, continuing to do more and, um, who knows, man? Because God, God can it's take fun. things. God yeah. things can take things and make it so huge and so insane. It's ridiculous. Well, this idea of the sovereignty of God, and I think there's some things we can look back on, like difficult things that happen in our lives that we look back on it, and almost immediately we say, oh, I can see why God allowed this to happen. Now, what I want to talk about today is grief, growing in grief. And there's some things, like, we don't understand why they happen, like, like, like Jody passing away at 40 years old, two small kids, that's hard to, to wrap our brains around. And so I wanted us to spend some time uh, just talking about grief. Uh, how do you find God in the middle of the sadness? And one of the verses that we have been quoting is, is Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and rescues those who are crushed in spirit. And we've certainly been crushed, but let's... Let's kind of open up a little bit and just talk about grief and how that's been for y'all, how it's been for your friends. I think for us personally, the two of us and our kids, this is the first time we've really experienced grief so close. Um, I've lost grandparents, you know, um, but they were old in age and kind of expected at a certain stage of life. Um, so by far the 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 biggest most impactful loss that I've experienced. Um, and I think for Davey too. And for our kids, that was a whole nother level, um, having to walk through this with them because they've never, I don't even think they've even thought that this was even a possibility. So that was really hard. Um, you know, in the beginning, it's kind of a blur. Like there's just so much big emotion, shock, you know, just trying to immediately come beside Jeff and his family and do whatever we can to just make sure they're okay. Um, so I would say the first first week or two, we're kind of just staying busy, you know, just so showing much going up. on, showing up, planning, you know, for, uh, for a week straight, we did nothing but show up every day. We were going to be there every day, no matter what. Um, and then planning for the celebration kept us busy. And but then there gets a point where, you know, reality starts to set in a little bit. And life does go on for everybody. Um, their life has drastically changed. Our, I mean, our life too, but specifically for a husband yeah. and two kids, like you talked about, we won't ever understand. And I don't think for me personally, there was ever a question, a question in my mind that, you know, that God, you know, my faith didn't, didn't falter with this, you know, like I know God is for us in all things, even in the hard things. But my biggest, my hardest part was watching Jeff and those two kids, like watching them suffer the way that they are and the hurt that they have to feel. That's the hardest part for me is why do they have to feel this? Because I have, I've seen so many things, you know, if you, like you said, if you want to find a purpose, you know, and why bad things happen, you know, I've seen things where I'm like, that's a purpose right there. Like the, the community coming together and, 
And, you know, if it leads someone to salvation because of the life that she lived and hearing her story, I mean, there can be purposes, but to have to see others hurt so badly for it, that's the, that's by far the hardest part been for me. Does it, does it make y'all feel guilty seeing them hurting? And then you're thinking, well, we, we have each other. We have our family. We're not, we're not having to go through this and you feel, you feel guilty a hundred percent for me. And it mine's more not that we have each other necessarily because like I know Jeff loves us and would never want anything but us to be a whole family and all that. But more just that, you know, life does go on and you get back doing things and you get back busy. And I, I definitely will find myself for a couple hours will go by or whatever. And then I feel like, oh, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't thought about her or I haven't thought about them or I haven't checked in on him because I'm just living life. And that probably doesn't happen for him at least yet, you know? And so there is some guilt there that, you know, okay, well, I need to, I need to check on him. I need to make sure that I don't forget, you know, that I'm always, you know, in tune. And so there is some of that for sure. Well, and I think, you know, you go to, you go to his house and just like tonight, like our small group's going over there and we're doing a project and we're going to love on him and we're going to watch the game. But man, you talk about guilt, like conversation, and when you start having conversation and you have conversations about your wife and things that are awesome and things that they do and, th- and, and things that you gripe about and like just fun to pick at and stuff like that. And I'm like, he doesn't get to do that. And that sucks. Like having to watch what you say, like, and just think about like, and you can overanalyze, you can overanalyze anything, like saying anything to do with death. Like, does that hurt him? Like saying anything to do with marriage and your wife and does that hurt him? Like, it, it's just... It's not, it's not a fun, it's not a fun feeling to have, but the, the cool thing is like Jeff's got such a strong, he's got such strong faith and he's been able to rely on that. Like you can tell, like, is he whole? No, he's not whole. Like he lost his, he lost his best friend, but, but you can tell like he's putting it back to like God's putting him back together. And he sent us a, a praise and worship thing the other day. And a song, and it just had this lady singing, and she was she was singing. That's not, she wasn't singing; she was singing, and um, and it was just talking about like having wounds, and like God piecing you back together and stuff. Like I love that He can send that to us, and 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 and, and it's hard, man, because just I think anybody that goes through this, it's hard to know your place. It's hard to know what to say, and like I tell Jeff all the time, like we are going to say we're going to make sure we say the hard things. Like, we're going to ask him questions that are hard. And we're going to ask him questions that make him think. And, and it's okay. But, like, we want, we also, I, I told him, I was like, but you got to let me know when you're sick of talking about it. Because I'm not asking him how you are. I'm like, dude, how's your heart? Like, and he'll say broken. And that's what I want to hear. Like, I want to hear that stuff that's hard, that's difficult. But, like, today, the, the, like, there were some big things he texted me about today, about things that are going on. And, like, boom, I got a specific prayer. You know, the the daughter being able to open up and and start to feel some pain and stuff like it's a specific prayer it's like that's awesome um so i think yes you do feel guilt um but you do realize the responsibility man like the small group has a responsibility to be there like the small our small group and your our friends have a responsibility to keep showing up and to keep loving and to keep praying and and to keep him involved and um, we're learning. We're learning how to how yeah. to do this together and um, how to experience loss. And there's things that hurt, man. Like 
the first time you hear the first time you do something and the holidays coming up with them and the first time they're doing this and um it just changes you like it, it's changed us forever and a lot of times my prayer is like i don't want to lose this i just want to make sure that i keep feeling it like keep feeling what it feels like and how hard it is and to make sure that it changes us and that it gives us a better heart, you know, for, for certain things. And, and it's, it's definitely given me a new perspective on friendship. I'll say that like at the older I've gotten, the more I've tried to like pull back because things annoy you more. And like, you're the more the get off my lawn guy. And you just like more, I used to be always the more the merrier, like bring everybody, everybody you invited, like, come on. And I think I've pulled back on that the last couple of years because of certain things. And um, I think now we're like, now, like, let's make sure we're doing I think more your, your small group really has stepped up. And I think that's one of the things God has done through this. And I even, I even feel like our church, I mean, our church has gotten stronger. Our church yes. has gotten closer. God's used it to bring people back to church that had, had, uh, hadn't been going to church. And um, Jennifer, I asked Jennifer to share some lessons on grief because she's experienced a lot of grief this year with her mom passing away, and she jotted down just a few lessons. You want to share a few things you've learned? Yeah, it's interesting because um, about 10 years ago, I led several groups through a, a program through Grief Share, helping people grieve, and it's so good. I've I'm finishing it again this season, and it's it's amazing. But until you are personally affected, you just um, – it's just different. So some of the lessons that I learned or am learning is that grief is raw, and it's real, and sometimes not pretty. And I've thought and felt things during grief that have surprised me about myself. And some of them were not good, yeah. <laughs> honestly. And and I just... My, what, what were some of those things? It's kind of embarrassing. But one of them was I was... My mom died um, during tennis season in, in March. And my mom was super fit, ate healthily, exercised, like took great care of herself but she got ovarian cancer and it's a beast. And so real soon after she died, we were at a tennis match and I, and I'll just be honest. And this is what I'm saying is embarrassing, but I saw an, an old lady who was fat and like smoking a cigarette at the tennis match. And I was so mad. I'm like, why is she still alive? (laughs) And, and I thought it for about a minute. But then I said, you know what? She's someone's grandma, and yep. thank God she's still alive. But like those, just the um, God, I love you share stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's oh, so it's embarrassing, but but, we, but, but, but it's real. People, right? But it's real because other people feel it. Mm-hmm. Like whether you like it or not, you're comparing yourself, and you're like, this should happen. This shouldn't happen. This shouldn't happen to me because I'm good, which obviously is a relative term that we could talk about in a right. whole other podcast. But those are awesome. That's that's great. Jennifer's mom it. was in better shape than we are. <laughs> yeah, and like out of our four, so pants, she didn't sauna more than once a week, or she she was a four day a week sauna person. Like, I don't think she okay, was sauna. My mom and I. This was when the first Fitbit first came out. If she looked down at her Fitbit and I had walked more than her that day, she was out walking the street. I love like that. Yeah. she was, yeah. and she um, that's amazing. So full of life, and so that was one of my lessons. Another one is that not everyone wants to walk with me through my grief. 
and it's okay, and to forgive and thank God for those that do. You know, it's just, it's different. And that's one reason grief share is so good because you're at a place where people want to talk about it. Like, um, and so I, I have really, as hard as it is to go because you know, okay, here we go. But, you know, yeah. sitting in that it's room. A, it's emotional. It's super emotional. Draining. We, I come home and eat ice cream. Sorry. <laughs> in the Pollock bowl, in the Pollock cup. So how, well, question then. You said, read that last part you said again. You said some people want to walk with you. I said, not everyone wants to walk with me through grief. It's okay. Forgive and thank God for those that do want okay. to. So how, since you're an expert on this, because you are now, when you've experienced it, I think you've become an expert on it. Um, what does it look like to walk with somebody in grief? What does it look like to do it well? Well, um, I think what it looks like to do it well, and it's interesting because I have um, – a really good friend who texted me this morning that her dad fell last night and he's dying um, at Gwinnett Medical. So, um, and she's walked with me through my grief. And I'm going to show you, this is going to make me cry, but after my mom died, she had this sent to my house and it's called Bottle of Tears. And Psalms 56, 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And so that's what this says. And this stays at my little table where I have my quiet time. But um, I think it just means sitting in the grief. Like we can talk about it, show up. I mean, what did it look like? I think it, it immediately, I mean, y'all sent us the the fruit, which was so awesome. People sent us soup. They did meals. They sent cards, sent us wind chimes, bird feeders. Trees. Trees, plants, plants like all those things. It's weird because um, I am an emotional person. Not everybody is. So everything is sentimental to me. And so what it looks like grief for me might be different for someone else. Um, my, uh, my discipleship group, they brought food for our family. His family all came in town for the service. So they had dinner one night and breakfast the day of the service. You know, so. Food is always good. Food is good. We had people. This was super, super fun, actually. So my mom had us. We had the. um funeral home service first and then we did the celebration of life then there was a reception and then my parents served as ministers in um, Corey Gables Florida for 24 years so that was my whole growing up that was my family that's and so all of those people came to we had like 20 people from Miami drive up or fly in our pastor's daughter um growing up was like my mentor and I loved her and she flew from Houston and um we just sat in my dad's living room and told stories of choir tours fun things we did I mean but there's so, I had other people but that, I think showing up and this showing up was a big part of caring because it and the people that showed up for your mom's service like it meant a lot. It meant a lot. Um, and just 
Every, but it, you're right. Everything's such a blur at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so there were probably texts I got that I don't remember. But oh, I yeah. I did keep all the cards and I, and all the, like, that went with the gifts that people sent. And they're in a basket. And I went through them thinking I was going to get rid of them. And I just put them right back in the basket, you know. Um, but in the, here, here's, what, here's what I've learned. There's a lot. There's a lot of grief that goes on. And there's a lot of bad things happening almost every day. Yeah. And I tell you what, after the Jody thing, though, I will say that all the other stuff hits harder now. Like, I think we're 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 we're, we're sensitive to people, but like, and and I think we do a good job of showing that. And I think in some ways, but man, like the privilege that it is to walk with somebody, and the privilege that it is to share that with somebody, and I'll never be the same. I mean, I, I think I've missed a lot of opportunities that I've kind of done a better job of helping someone grieve. And feeling this, I won't do it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's definitely putting, mm-hmm. and that's why God takes us through things because He takes us through these things that we learn and we grow, and now we know what it feels like. And some people can learn without feeling, I'm not. Like, I got to screw it up. Like, I got to know. I got to experience it, but like w- once you experience loss and, and by the way, it takes on different shapes, whether it's a mom or a dad or a friend or a child, like whatever that shape looks like, it's going to be different, but it hurts regardless. Yeah. And, and, and I, like one of my, one of my coaches, you know, one of his, one of my fellow coaches, his brother's little girl has a little heart condition thing. And I mean, it was the, he, he sent it out on the feed and said to him to pray for him. And I reached out to him, in, in, you know, individually. I'm like, hey, can I get his number? And I reached out to his brother and texted him. And it, it's, it's, the situation is awesome. It's better. It's, it's progressing in a good direction. But the dude came up to me after practice this week and he just, he gave me a hug and he was like, I can't tell you how much that meant. But it was small. Like, it was so stupid. Like, it was such a, it was a text message. But I think, I think we, I think you're right. I think once you go through it, so, um, we more or less took care of my mom for the last two years. She had cancer four years, but until you've had to do that, you don't know what it's like. Mm -hmm. And so now like Morgan, one of our, um, children's pastors, her mother is at the hospital with, her father, so the grandfather, and they're having to choose between hospice and a feeding tube. And she just told me that we were volunteering the elementary school. And my heart broke because I know what that's like, making those decisions. And so I got in touch with her mom. And, you know, but I think you're right. Until you've been in that situation, you don't know. But, like, the day my mom died was a Sunday morning. And um, I never expected this in a million years, but... We had like eight of our best friends show up in the room as my mom's dying. I finally kicked him out. I'm like, okay, I've got to get like, I got to focus. You ain't got to go home. I got to get up out of here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, they like came and sat in that moment with us. Um, they and, had, and, and probably all of those people had already been through that before. Right. So they, they knew, had. They knew what it was like. You know, so. There, there's really, it's being in there when my mom died was 
the most beautiful and saddest day of my life. And we'll never forget it. Joel and I mean, we were all there and it was beautiful. But and I think I think all our family would say that our, our son, Jolan, Jolan is amazing. He goes to my dad's house once a week. My dad takes him to dinner and they go to the movies. And Jolan doesn't love all these movies. My dad has told me some of the movies they've gone to. And I'm like, <laughs> poor Jolan. Like, <laughs> but, um, but watching my dad grieve, and y'all probably feel the same way, like watching Jeff grieve, like, because you're helpless. There's really nothing you can do. No words. No words, except the hug, the service, like, what can I take care of and take off the plate? But that's that's been... Um, gut-wrenching is watching my dad grieve now he's doing well and I'm proud of him but it's gut-wrenching all right a couple more <laughs> well <laughs> oh, I mean I don't want to um I, th- I, I thought that was powerful when you you quoted the verse that he he collects our tears I know and I love that about God because so much of grief is private you know it's you and God and no one else sees the tears and they don't need to like because it's between you and God and that he collect, that's how much God loves us. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason I love this. Cause I'm just reminded God, he cares about it. And I, same as you, she's better off in heaven. We wouldn't bring her back if we could. That'd she be wouldn't so mean. Yeah. It wouldn't would be back. so mean yeah. her, you know, so, but, um, that, you know, and I, I did talk to one of our um, missionaries we support, Paul and Angela Richardson. Her dad died in August. Very similar to my mom. Her dad had cancer, and she and I have been friends a long time, and we've talked about, like, caring with someone for can- with cancer. But she's in Scotland, and so we set up a phone call yesterday, and she's like, Jennifer, I'm just so sad. And I said, I know I say that all the time. I, I'll look at you at least once a week, probably, and just say, I'm just so sad. Um, and it's it's just part of it. I don't know that it ever goes away. Um, but I don't know that you want it to go away either. No, you don't. And I, I I'm blessed. And I would encourage anyone who has a loved one, mom or dad, if you are able at all to be with them, to help them, to support them, do it. It's just like you said with kids earlier. Like you have this window. You have this. And we stopped our life more or less for my parents um, beginning in 21. And I don't regret one second of it. And um, I'm, I'm grateful. No, And that Jonathan really helped with that too because it affected our lifestyle. Because I have a car that's four years old with 120,000 miles on it. That's like my going to Gainesville car. And he just said, go. No regrets. Go, Jennifer. Go. Go. And I'm, I'm grateful. So that does make it a lot easier. Yeah. One of the things that, that you mentioned on your lessons of grief, maybe, maybe the Pollocks can speak to this. But God can handle our questions and our complaining. Uh, when I meet with God, He comforts me and is empathetic. And you think about G- Jesus wept. You know, like when Lazarus died, Jesus wept 
It's interesting because, I mean, he was about to... He knew he was going to heal him. He was about to do this incredible miracle, but I think he wept because Martha and Mary were weeping. And so he was... So I think just going to God and being honest with God. Yeah. I mean, have you all had some of those moments where you're, like, crying out to God and you're just honest with him about the situation? Yeah, I um, have a little prayer journal, and Jennifer actually gave me a really great book as well that has some reflection space in there. And I found myself just being completely honest and writing out, you know, all my thoughts, feelings, questions. Um, I haven't really, like I said, I haven't had these big doubts or anything like that, but I've definitely had a little bit of selfishness and maybe anger about the situation, you know, like, and a lot of people have said to me out loud, you know, like, why do good people Again, like you said, that's a relative term, but you know, someone who was so impactful to the people around her, so generous, so giving, so love, you know, why that kind of person, um, why Jeff and the kids have to experience this, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, how, how do we support them? How do we share in this grief? What do you ask? When do you push? When do you back off? What's insensitive? What's not like all those things are just overwhelming sometimes. Um, so I'm definitely writing these things down and in my prayers, like, okay, just, just show me, just give me the wisdom, guide me. Like wh- where, where is our place in all of this? You know, we want to be there and share in this, like for sure. We know we want that, you know, like you said, some people don't, we do. I, I want to share in the grief, but what does that look like? You know, what, what, when, what's appropriate, what's not. So there's definitely a lot of questions there for sure. But I do think when you, I think when you look at every situation and, and Jody's one of them for us and you start to see the streams that come out of it, like you got Jody and then there's so many streams that are starting to come out that you're like, man, like, and I'll name a few The Wikipedia is getting baptized. Yeah. She told me that at North Dakota, she's like, well, our daughter at the service decided she was ready, and now we're all going to get baptized. They um, talked to you, yeah. yeah the whole family's getting the baptized. The whole family. It's like, amazing. But again, it's, they're whip kings. I know Lindsay laughed, but the, I, when we met them, like Wikipedia was easier to say than whip kings, and I like it better, <laughs> so I changed their name. So, but like that, um, you know, other things that we've seen. I don't know how much I want to share. Like how much you should I should share? I mean, like Jody's dad for example. And like, he's, he's lost another child. And this is his second child. So there's anger, like a lot of anger. And like, he, he just kept saying like, you, you people just keep showing up. Hmm. He's like, y'all just keep showing up. And like, you know, somebody mentioned that the dish, the, the washing machine wasn't working. There's a new one the next day. Like the dishwasher didn't work. There's a new one. Like, and you know, like, and, and we went over there and we were cleaning flowers. And just getting rid of all the flowers, me and Lindsay. And he's just sitting there talking to us. And he was, he's like, I don't. And, and we started talking about the things, the Wikipedias and the things that we starting to, we're starting to see from, from something that happened that was mm-hmm. awful. That now we're starting to see like all these cool things starting to happen. And, and he's still a little bit bitter and a little bit angry. But like, how, how dope is this? Like, he literally was like. He asked us for questions, and we talked to him for 20, 30 minutes, and we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about, like, Jody wouldn't switch places, and this stuff is happening, and, and blah, blah, blah. And he, and he was peppering us with questions and answers. Well, the next couple of days, we go over there to watch a game, a football game. Hey, man, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh, boy. 
And so dad calls me outside and he sits and he's like, you know what? I've had a lot of time by myself. And he was like, I've had a lot of anger and a lot of things that have been inside of me for a long time. Here we go. And he was like, he said, I'm ready to go to church. And he did say this. And I thought this was funny. He said, but not that church that Martha makes Marsha makes me go to. He's like, not that one. That one's stuffy. He's like, I want to go to y'all's church. And so again, like it is it is what happened good. No. Would we want to change it? Yes. I would want all this to happen and give me Jody. Like But Jody would give anything for her dad to be in but heaven. If she welcomes him in and that's the way it works, I don't think she would change a single thing. Like if that's what it took. So I, but I do think this is the responsibility to me. It's the responsibility of God's people to see the hurting, to see the needs, to see the, and this is what I'm learning, by the way, to see the streams and then connect it to the river, right? Like see the streams and see the things. It's our responsibility to have those conversations with her dad. It's our responsibility to prompt those conversations. I texted him last week. I'm like, hey, waiting for you to come to church. You know, like that's our responsibility to, to help and to be God's workers and to take situations and then use them. Like you have an unbelievable opportunity now to speak into people's lives. God's given you that authority in that subject. Like now you, she has an unbelievable ability to be able to speak to how to come beside people that are grieving. Like now we get to use that for good. We get to use that for God. And that's what's powerful. That, that's what's powerful to see the good and to see God working in all things. But um, doesn't mean I wouldn't change it. Exactly. It doesn't mean I wouldn't go exactly. back and not want to experience it. But I do see, we do see the good and all the awesome that's coming out of it. Yeah, all things that happen aren't good, but God can take anything that happens and use it for good. And I know the song Gratitude has become a, oh an anthem for y'all's small group and our Coney campus, but at Jody's <laughs> service on the front row... I did see dad raising his hands oh, yeah. and that, that real, I felt, I felt like that was a breakthrough moment because the day it happened and, and I went over there uh, to Jeff's house and, and I pulled the parents together to, to pray with them and he, he wasn't having it. Mm-mm. And after we prayed, he just walked off to the backyard. And, uh, and I think the way Jeff's been living his life has shown a lot of people hmm. like the service. I mean, you didn't leave that service. I mean, if you didn't leave that service and feel convicted, how about Jeff, whose wife passed on Friday the week before, and he's up there telling you about Jesus? And he, and he, how about when he challenged the husbands? Hey, husbands, you going to take care of your brides? Like, I mean, it's, uh, again, the, his life and the way he's living his life and his response is showing, like, what God means to him, and it's getting him through it, and people are like, holy cow. I mean, I'm inspired. Mm-hmm. I'm flipping inspired like crazy for the way he's lived his life and the way he's handled this. Like it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's awesome to watch. It's awesome to see. And it, it gives me more hope, more and more hope. Mm-hmm. Well, no one left that service, not understanding the gospel because every single person, I, I know even, I told you, everybody after, did my job for well, me. After Lindsay spoke, I'm like, there went your sermon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Jeff, and then, and then Jeff uh, Kaylee, the niece, and, the niece. and yeah. Jamie. By the and- way, Kaylee, who struggles with massive anxiety, massive anxiety, fear, mm-hmm. and I was like, see, I was like, 
on that one. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Well, I told Jeff, and I'll tell this to anyone who's going through a difficult time, is I told him, you're not going to get over this, but God can get you through this. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. Grief is raw, real, and ugly, and not everyone is going to walk through grief with you, but thank God for those that do. Psalm 56, 8 says, You keep track of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Do you have someone in your life that's going through grief? I challenge you to find ways to step up and love them and walk with them through their grief with them. All things aren't good, but God can use it for good. Beautiful things come out of the ashes. God brings together families. He brings communities closer together, and he draws people closer to himself. If you found this episode helpful, encouraging, or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.